3: And it's time now to go out to our guest hotline, sponsored by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, and that is where we find the Cubs president of business operations, Crane Kenny. Good morning, Crane. How are you?
1: Hey, good morning, David.
3: Good to have you. Thanks for joining us. Look, yesterday you were part of a ceremony outside Wrigley Field where the new DraftKings facility is going up 22,000 square feet. There was a beam signing ceremony. There was a lot of pomp and circumstance, Crane. Let's start there. So did you have any misgivings about having that on a day where, let's face it, when you go to Wrigley Field at Clark and Addison, there's so many obvious signs of progress, whether it's Hotel Zachary Gallagher Way or this new facility going up. You step inside the ballpark and you don't see as many obvious signs of progress. How do you reconcile the two?
1: Uh, Well, so I think this topic came up as well when the National Park Service dedicated Wrigley as a national monument last year. You know, you set these things up uh, months in advance. And, um, you know, the the business has to keep moving forward. And I know um, Jed and the team are are working hard on the baseball side. On our side, you know, it's it's a project like any other that's got timelines and milestones, and the milestone that was scheduled for yesterday was, uh, you know, celebrate with our partner, DraftKings and uh and the city uh who've been helpful to us as well as our partners at Levy and our architects and others and bring them to the site and uh and kick off what will be the finishing touches for our uh, sports book so um listen uh we care as much as anyone about what's happening on the field um it's a difficult year um great to see Kyle throw so well last night but um now we we, we understand the, the, the heartache uh, that everyone's going through, uh, seeing our, our team on the field some days, but um, the business has to keep moving. And you know, yesterday was the date we had scheduled for for the dedication of the beam signing.
0: Crane, I'll stay in the subject. Uh, the Chicago Cubs haven't had an All Star game for 33 years. Uh, the only team that was longer, I believe, is the Dodgers, and they're having one this year. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the dynamic of that, and also? With the additions of uh, things like uh, DraftKings and uh, the hotel, as David pointed out, and uh, improvements in the area, why why wouldn't Chicago be the destination uh, after you guys invested a billion dollars into Wrigley Field over the last seven years?
1: Uh, yeah, very good question, right? It seems like it's our turn. Uh, last had it in 1990. Uh, there's only 30 teams in baseball. Um I think during the reconstruction of Wrigley, um, it was obvious why we weren't going to host the game until the ballpark was done. Uh, with the sportsbooks, our last major project on the schedule, um, so by the second quarter of next year, that will be finished, and it, w- it will put us in a good place uh, with the with the league uh, to get the game. the 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 the, uh, the awarding of the All Star game is really a, a three party dance, though. It's uh, it's us, it's the league, and the city. Um, what you're seeing mo- in most cases is that, um, cities are rewarded for significant investments in the facilities, um, by bringing the all-star game, uh, you know, an all-star game in a city like Chicago would probably generate between 75 and a hundred million dollars of economic activity for the city. So it's a, it's a, real nice, uh, boom for the the city when, you know, typically during the all-star game, um, all the ballparks, except for the host city are, are empty, um, so it's a you know it's really it's up to us the city and the and the league to come together. Um, the building will be done, uh, as I just mentioned, by the second quarter of next year. Um, there's some infrastructure um, and mostly security-related issues around Wrigley. The city needs to complete. Um, we're working with them to get those done. Um, and once we get those done to the to the league satisfaction, I think we're we'll be you know one of those most deserving to get it.
3: Joined by Cubs President of Business Operations, Crane Kenny, here on Inside the Clubhouse. Crane, so that's when it will be done. What will it be? Because reading about it, hearing about it, goodness sakes, 22,000 square feet, 800 people, it seems like it will be the capacity. And this has to be a typo, right? A 2,000 square foot television?
1: Yeah, the yeah the new thing um, in these sports books, and like everything, whether it was the hotel or parts of the ballpark or our new clubs, you know, we toured all of the existing sports books in Atlantic City and Las Vegas. There's one in the Meadowlands, so we we went and saw what best in class looked like, and then tried to take it up a notch. Um, you know, the the it's not one single television; it's kind of a gigantic ribbon board um, that kind of goes from sort of right field through center field to left field inside the building. And um, it'll allow us to have four or five different games on at one time, you know, so particularly around M- March Madness time when um, you know you've got three or four regionals playing at the same time., um, you can have all the games on. If it were something like the Super Bowl, you'd dedicate all the screens to just the one game um, or the Kentucky Derby or something like that. So it's yeah, it, it can be a, up to a two thousand square foot screen for just one game, but typically it'll be broken up into multiple games. Um, and, you know, we think it's just another great amenity at, uh, on campus. So the hotel was a nice um, lift for the campus, as was Gallagher Way uh, and the office building. Um, and now we'll add a sports book for those who choose to partake.
0: Crane, uh, in the off season, we were hearing that the, the Cubs had money to go out and get uh, other players. They d- did get, go out and uh, certainly they got themselves, you know, a starting pitcher. And they signed you guys signed Suzuki but it seems there was money left on the table. Um, when, when you looked at you know the rumors about Eric Hosmer being more than a rumor but reality and a lot of money coming back there also uh, the rumors that were not necessarily rumors about Korea and money being there for that money that uh, we heard about will th- will that be spent in the future is is there a, is there a bigger payroll that will be? Looked at in 2023. I know that Jed has an awful lot to say about that, but uh, certainly uh, you and Tom are involved in that. Where where did where did that money go this year, and and where will it go in the future?
1: Uh, that's a good question. So, um, and, and I you know I hate to keep giving the same answer year after year, but it it, it is the same answer year after year, which is uh, you know yesterday we had our first concert of the uh, of the summer, Grateful Dead, uh, and have another one tonight. All of these activities, all of them generate uh, revenue that go back into the baseball budget. So um, uh, the sports book will do the same thing. And, you know, this goes back to my time with Jim Hendry. It's sort of always been the same program, which is you generate as much revenue as you can. Um, You you obviously take care of your fixed expenses, so the labor and other expenses that, you know, go into running our operation. And we've been really fortunate. The Ricketts family, they're not a public company. They don't have to satisfy shareholders. Uh, they let us put every dollar that's not used uh, in running the business back into the payroll. So, um, as you point out, we 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 had a lot of money left at the end of this year we didn't spend. Uh, all of that will roll over for next year. Uh, and, uh, again, uh, we trust our baseball operations guys to make good decisions with those proceeds. And, you know, they'll either use them next year or, or down the line. But, um, again, they stay inside the system. And I get it's boring. I keep saying this every year. but. Um, it's a closed loop, um, and you know when the time is right, we'll spend we'll spend those resources to build a great team.
3: Well, you keep answering it, Crane, because I think we keep asking it, and, and we keep asking it because I think people keep pointing it out that you know they want the Cubs to spend like a big market team. That's the easiest way to to address it. And you look at the payroll rankings, and you know the Cubs are 14th, and you just explain why that may be the case. But when you look at it, and you know there's. We, it's pointed out to us all the time, every morning, every day, here on the score and, and elsewhere. You know, The Cubs, it's the most expensive fan experience in baseball, and they have the 14th-ranked payroll. And you'd like to see a little bit more or less room between the two when it comes to payroll, when it comes to MLB rankings. Do you have a, a realistic, I don't want to say goal, but is there a, is there a spot where you th- feel comfortable being? And would you agree that it, it does stand out when the Cubs in Chicago are 14th?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a talking point. I, I get it. I mean, I think we got to have a little bit of historical perspective. So, if you look at between 2016 and 2021, uh, we ranked fourth in all of baseball, uh, only behind the Yankees, Dodgers, and just a smidge behind the Red Sox. So, over our last championship window, uh, when we were in that championship window, we were one of the top spenders in baseball. And during those six years, we tripped the CBT penalty three times. So, including as late as in 2020. So, like, just two years ago, we were over the limit. Um, that was a shortened season, obviously, but we were over the limit in 19 as well. So I think what we're, you know, and I go back now through Sam Zell and all the way back through Tribune, like, we're so <laughs> lucky that we have an owner that lets us spend uh, when the time is right. And, again, over the last six years, we were, we've been top four in baseball. Clearly this year we've taken a step back, and as I said, all the resources that weren't used that would have pushed us up the ladder on the payroll chart this year will go into next year's budget. So um, I feel really lucky that Tom has never said like, no, I don't want to spend. It's it's whatever's in the whatever's in the system goes into our baseball operations uh, department to try and win, and that includes paying the CBT tax when we when we go over it like we did in 16 and 19 and 20. Um, and I I feel like that it that it's a little bit of a false narrative because. Yes, in this one single year, uh, we're back into the middle of the table. But if you look at any sort of reasonable length of time, we're always in the top four or five. Crane,
0: you know, you look at uh, the Chicago Cubs, and I know your ticket prices have been flat for two going on three years. Uh, But, you know, you do have one of the highest ticket prices in baseball. And how much time do you people spend in the front office talking about the fact that, okay, right now, our product is certainly not worth what a lot of people are paying. The experience is still a great one, but uh, how much juggling do you do when you know that you're in the midst of rebuilding to a certain extent and the ticket prices are still at the level of a championship caliber uh, ask from the fan base?
1: Yeah. You know, it's uh, the ticket pricing. as, As you point out, we haven't raised prices in several years. Um, uh, it's a really tough uh, question because you're setting your prices at the end of the season. You have certain expectations as to what you'll do in the offseason. You know, sometimes those deals come together and you spend the money and sometimes they don't. Um, uh, you know, obviously we spent a lot of money in, in, in the rotation, 60% of which has been hurt for most of the season. Um, our right fielder, our big acquisition, also has been banged up. Uh, obviously, not 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 uh, nothing that we could have foreseen so, I mean, our expectation was this year would be a little bit better than what we're seeing. Um, not to use injuries as an excuse, but, you know, it's been, it's been a tough run for us. Uh, and we do what we do with our ticket pricing is we, we, and I think I've used this answer a lot, and you're probably tired of hearing it, but we push all this information, like 5 million pieces of data, into a analytic uh, process that tells us where our tickets trade in the secondary market, where they trade in the primary market. Every ticket, every seat, every game is different. So, you know, the upper deck's different than the lower part. Uh, the bleachers are different than the grandstand. Uh, an April game is different than a July game, and a Reds game is different than a Cardinals game. So um, all of that gets pushed into um, uh, basically a black box that comes out with these are the ticket prices based on market demand that we should expect next year. And we look at time of season, time of week, uh, time of game, and all that stuff, and it comes out it gives us a range. We have been... We've been kind of hanging toward the bottom end of the range, just waiting for um, uh, signs of team per- performance to improve, um, and that's why we've kept them flat over the last two or three years. Uh, hard to tell what we'll do this coming uh, fall, but um, clearly the performance on the field this year will will be an indicator as to what we do.
3: Joined by Crane Kenny for a few more moments here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. Crane, I always think it's interesting to get your perspective on where things stand with the Marquee Sports Network. Certainly a lot has changed in Major League Baseball. A lot has changed in the broadcast landscape since the Cubs, you know, went that direction and uh, had, its own, had your own network. How would you describe those changes and your ability to adapt? Because and whether or not going to Marquee, has, how, how uh, the expectations are now based on where they were when the network began?
1: Yeah, we're we're really excited about the performance of Marquee to date. Um, you know, when the when our former network um, ended uh, and the rights came back to us, both from WGN, ABC, and uh, Comcast Sportsnet, you know, there was a question of what we do next. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we'd learned over the 20 years uh, being a part of a four-team network were, was that we were limited in how much coverage we could give the team. You know, the pregame, the postgame would be curtailed the ability to do the long form documentaries, the ability to experiment with things um, because it was a one size fits all um, uh, approach, which, which made sense. Obviously all the teams feel strongly about the importance of their brands. And, you know, one team shouldn't have more airtime than the other. And, uh, you know, so the goal of marquee was to program it with more Cubs programming. And, you know, you've seen all that. They, I think the only RSN in the market to win multiple Emmys last year so, it's being recognized by the critics as being really successful on the on the programming side. Um, and we're really proud of bringing, bringing Beth Mullins on, the first uh, female to call a game for us. And um, anyway, lo- lots of neat milestones. And I really uh, think Mike and his team are doing a great job on, on the programming side. The business as a whole is changing just like it is for everyone. Um, and as more and more people are turning to streaming services to get programming, I think you'll see, not just for us, but the entire league, and actually all of the leagues, start migrating toward uh, streaming products. So ESPN now has ESPN Plus, and NBC has Peacock. And I think you'll see Marquee bring out a Marquee Plus product. For those who've cut the cord, said, listen, I don't really want to have a cable service or a dish on my house. going to get my um, programming through the Internet. Um, and I think next year you'll see Marquee launch a, a Marquee Plus product for those who – have opted out of the cable ecosystem, so um, we'll migrate with it. I think there's also probably coming um, a scale play, uh, maybe led by the league. You see Sinclair trying to do it. Um, they're going to be launching in the next week or two, um, uh, bringing all of their uh, RSNs around the country together in one service. Um, and I could I could see some somewhere down the road MLB trying to bring all the RSNs together. Um, we have a really interesting and. Kind of a an aggravating uh, blackout issue in parts of Iowa, in particular, where those the is technically inside uh, the Cubs' territory. So that means the MLB.com service, which is for outer market subscribers, is not available. But some of those cable systems don't carry the Cubs because they might be in a territory that's kind of shared between Milwaukee, the you know the Brewers, the Twins, and the Cubs, and you know the, the cable system there said, ah, we don't want to pick one over the other. We're not going to carry any of them. So those those fans, those Cub fans, can't really watch our games except for on Fox and ESPN. So that national service would solve that blackout issue. So I, I think, David, it's always moving. I think you'll see a streaming service coming from Marquee and the others. In fact, the Red Sox launched their uh, streaming service a couple weeks ago. Uh, and then I think you'll see the league or, or, or someone else, maybe it's NBC, maybe it's ESPN, try and bring all the RSMs together in a national play. So I, I think in the next three four years, you'll see some more changing.
0: Crane uh, Gallagher Way has never looked better with the new statues in there. Uh, I imagine uh, a lot of you get a lot of questions these days about now that you have them in that area. How many more will be coming over the next few years, and who will be next? Uh, is it Sandberg? Is it Charlie Grimm? Is it Frank Chance? Uh, give give our listeners a little hint of uh, what the plan is for the future and and adding uh, statues in Gallagher Way?
1: Well, the Bruce Levine statue's a couple <laughs> years from now, so we're gonna have to hold on that one. Most people um, will
0: say that it, he it's already a statue.
1: He's already a statue. No, yeah. uh, no I think it's, a—it's uh, you know, turned into the, and I'll be honest, I, I don't think we envisioned the Gallagher Way would become what it is. Um, I actually said this yesterday in, in the, at the bean signing ceremony, like, I thought Gallagher way would be a really neat, especially vibrant place on non game days and on game days, since it's ticketed, um, most fans would be inside the ballpark. And it, you know, complete surprise to us that so many fans actually leave a seat that they paid for to come into Gallagher way to watch the game on the jumbotron there. Um, in particular in April when the sun is, you know, setting in the West and, um, that part of the ballpark gets a little more warmth than it, than we see inside the inside Wrigley. Um, so it's it you know we would say some of it was by design some of it was by accident. Uh, it's become you know the most popular park on the north side, uh, and we thought bringing the statues all in one place and cre- kind of creating more atmosphere, especially during the winter. You know, imagine now skating among the statues and all the other stuff that happens around the holidays um, would be really really be neat. Clearly, we have two empty podiums, so there are going to be more statues. I don't want to hint at which one will be next, but. It will be a player. Um, it will not be a broadcaster, uh, and uh, you'll just have to wait and see. But I think you probably have a pretty good idea of where we're going. Yeah, he
0: might have a number 23 on his back at one time or another. Uh, but I'm just guessing, of course.
1: Yeah, we'll let we'll let that stay stay in the uh, ether for now.
0: Crane, thanks so
3: much for your time. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend, and uh, really enjoyed the the visit.
2: All right. Thanks, David. See you, Bruce.